Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome, everyone, to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. It's the first episode for 2021, and... Who knows what's in store? I know that we'll try and provide you with some fascinating stories from people who've also been through the surgery and other professionals in the field. So we'll release an episode every two weeks and we hope it grasps your interest for the rest of the year. Today, I'm lucky enough to have one of our major team players in the BN Bariatric Group, Rob Dunningham's with me from New South Wales. Welcome, Rob. Hey, Jackie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm just coming out of holiday mode, which is lovely. And I'm sure you're feeling similar. Is is that correct? Lucky, lucky. No, not at all. I've been working the whole time. (laughs) Someone's got to keep the country running, don't they? That's (laughs) right. And so welcome and thank you. I think these episodes I enjoy so much because I know how personal they can be. And I always like to honor that part as well. So I think it's courageous and it's generous for someone to who's been through the journey to date and to share your story and your insights into you know what others can expect not necessarily that every journey is the same but um, certainly I think everybody's story has something in it that resonates with um, the listeners and helps so much in shortcutting other people's I guess situations as well so thanks for sharing and um, I'm going to hit you with a few questions first up firstly I suppose everybody wants to know what led you to the point where you were investigating having weight loss surgery? I looked into it quite a few years ago and I just sort of put it on the back burner, put it on the back burner. And then I met one of my friend's girlfriends who had weight loss surgery and um, I started talking to her quite a, quite regularly about it. And um, yeah, then I just started looking into it more and more. And then I ended up at the doctor's one day and I got my uh, referral. And then I waited probably another 12 months after I got the referral, just because mainly I was scared mm. to go through with it. I wasn't sure, like I'd read a lot of horror, horror stories. You know, you can't drink, you can't eat, yada, 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 which isn't the case for me. But um, yeah, so it was a good 12 months before I actually decided to go through with it but yeah that that's what pushed me over was sort of meeting my friend's girlfriend and actually talking to someone who had actually had it done and not just reading on the internet sort of thing yeah that real life experience and I yeah. think that's where our group and our pages and the podcast and that sort of stuff because people do it is a big step and it's scary and it's exciting and a whole lot of it's kind of a whole lot of different emotions all at once and I think people are really looking for that experienced understanding of what can you know how it was for them yeah as well what was your starting weight what what were you weighing at the time were you looking at the operation um my starting weight was uh, nearly 170 kilos so I was uh, 168 before I um had surgery yeah yeah and you mentioned to me before offline that you weren't always you you never really experienced being that small you know slim person from the beginning of yeah. your, even in kinder you remember being you know the solid big kid what do you think the implications of that understanding of yourself have been throughout the course of your life so far i think the hardest part is realizing now that i am not 
what I think I am, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like I still see myself as big or, you know, quite early on in, on in my surgery. Like I hit my goal weight very early, about 10 months and um, post-op. And, you know, I'd be at the shops with my wife and I'd be like, am I as big as that dude? And she's like, no, you're mm. like a lot smaller than him. And I'd sort of just couldn't grab that in my brain, you know, and um, even now I still feel the same sort of thing but i'm slowly getting to realize hey i'm not you know i can fit in these spaces i can do things that i couldn't do before where like i said i mentioned you earlier that i was always that big kid always mm. big so i had really had no idea on what it was like to be smaller and not judged as much sort of thing so because i do yeah. i do believe a lot of larger people do get judged um out of town and yeah, that's that's another thing that I've noticed also that um I don't feel like people are looking at me and stuff all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. As a as the recipient of that energy, when you're you know you are a larger person, you're out having dinner or you're enjoying time with family at a restaurant. Did you feel eyes on you when you were having your meal? People judging that sort of thing? Yeah, of course, not all the time, but um, a lot of a lot of times, yeah, yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, look at this big guy. That's a big plate," you know, sort of thing. But right, and would they verbalize, or would you just more sort of feel that? No, I'd feel that. So yeah, you know, it could also be in my head too. So, but it's a hard one, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you talk about your goal weight. What was the goal for you? Anything under a hundred. Yeah. So I pretty much got pretty way under that. Yeah. Didn't you? Where are <laughs> pretty you much. I'm sitting about 80, 82 at the moment. And yeah. what was you went lower than that too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I got down to seventy six kilos. That was yeah. my lowest weight. That's incredible. That's yeah. 106 kilos. Yeah, I think it's just under. Yeah, I was 168. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And so, this success you've had, and we see, you know, now you're riding a different bike, even you're out doing different activities, and we can feel in your comments in the group that you have a real zest for life. What's been the most rewarding experience that you've had after your operation so far? Um, I went skiing. That is wow. something that I would never have even contemplated before. Like, um, yeah, this year, the snow season, my wife was like, you know, what, let's book a snow holiday. And I'm like, yeah, let's book a snow holiday. Wow. Yeah, we had three days skiing lessons. And, you know, that is something I wouldn't have done when I was larger. I hands down would have been like, nah, can't do it. You know, I would have even been worried to go on the chairlift. Right. You know? So, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was a pretty rewarding experience, yeah, you know. That's- Amazing. Just took a being lot of able to do that. Yeah. I <laughs> and we see you you riding motorbikes and, yep. you know, are you exercising as well? What do you do for exercise? Um, I was going to the gym quite often, but due to COVID, that's mm. sort of been canned. So I've just been, you know, we do a lot of walking and stuff like that. But yeah, so my weights have slowed down. But um, yeah, in saying that, I do live a very active life. So we do a lot of walking and bush walks and all that sort of stuff for the kids. Yeah. So, yeah, but prior to COVID, I was going to the gym a lot and, yeah, that sort of put a hold on that. It certainly has been the thing that has, you know, impacted a lot of different routines. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think it's just that certainty and the time that it'll take to get that feeling back. Yeah. Um, So overall, you work shift work, is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And what's your experience now, like comparative to when you were at your heaviest, getting up at two or three o'clock in the morning to go to work as opposed to now? What are you noticing? That's a hard one because my Ross has just changed to a later starting time. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit hard that one. Um, Yeah, I'm starting at a later time. So I sort of get more sleep, which is good. Yeah. Where before I'd split sleep. So. Yeah, it's totally different now. That's but, a hard um, one too. The, the shift workers and yep. the um, like nursing and those overnight workers, there's a prevalence of obesity in those groups because of the metabolic problems that sleeplessness presents and yep. inflammation and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's interesting. You're manifesting a more balanced, you know, lifestyle after surgery as well. And we see yeah. that. I see really interesting kind of new ways of living kind of just arise after the surgery as well with different choices that people are making and that sort of stuff. So that's really nice as well. So for the people who are listening, who are on the fence and doing their research as you did, and I was going to add in that this longer period where you kind of understand the surgery and then have this 12 months where you digest, maybe will I, won't I, that's that great time of doing research and, you know, speaking to other people who've had the surgery or talking to your professional team and that sort of stuff. And it, it, I kind of liken it almost to a pregnancy where you have this idea, the idea sort of pops into your head and then you have nine months to work out how it's all going to look. And I think that's a good thing because it gives you that the surgery is not necessarily just a physical impact. It needs to be more that kind of psychological journey as well. What did you find in that regard that you needed to really kind of get your head around as far as changing your habits, you know, making different choices and that sort of stuff? What sort of things did you find that um, were prevalent for you? I pretty much went in knowing that this was it. I had to change my ways sort of thing. I went in pretty much like a bull in a china shop to tell you the honest <laughs> truth. And I was just, I just went hardcore and like, even still till today, like I even, I used to enjoy bread. I'm a baker. <laughs> I've not touched it since and I sort of pretty much just said to myself like this is it there's no looking back you've come this far you're doing this for a reason you know so yeah that was my sort of take on that like yeah and it's almost line in the sand isn't it and I see that to me I've got an understanding that with men sometimes it's easier for them just to draw a line in the sand you see some men who go I've smoked all my life but I'm sick of it and today I'm going to stop doing it there's less emotion perhaps involved in that than and they say that the prevalence of smoking and drinking is higher sometimes in women because we're more emotionally attached to what we're doing yeah um so to be able to compartmentalize it and say well this is not serving me anymore I'm not feeling great I'm overweight you know I'm going to now from this moment on make these decisions um that's that's an incredible mindset shift isn't it yeah it is it's crazy and like I've given up smoking before as well but I didn't just say nah this is it you know it was totally different but yeah you're you're right that's yeah I just pretty much drew the line nah this is it I've I got to do it yeah and with your so prior to your surgery did you have any what they class as comorbidities any other like type 2 diabetes or anything that was physically impacting on your health as well before when i was larger i had a really sore knee Mm. and um it would get that bad like after work some days i'd sit in the car for five minutes before i could even 
get out of the car and move around. I did have really bad indigestion and took, um, I was taking Nexium pretty much full time for that. But yeah, that's about it. But like I was being that weight and so heavy for all my life, I wouldn't be surprised if in six months time if I didn't have diabetes, you know. Yeah, I think so. so. We're heading in that direction. Yeah. yeah. And so would you do it again? Most definitely. Yeah. 100%. And I probably would have done it earlier. To tell the honest truth. Yeah, a lot of people say that. It's like, yeah. why didn't I do this? I wouldn't thing? have hummed and hard for so long. Yeah. But I mean, it is it is a massive life-changing experience, just, you know, and you've got to be prepared to change your ways, I believe, too. You know, like you can't just have it and continue to do what you were doing beforehand sort of thing. You've got to pretty much say to yourself, no, this is it. And I see there's a range of responses in that kind of area is I either need to change everything. Like it sounds like you've gone, no, no, just have to change so many things and this yeah. is how I'm going to do it. Then there's the other groups that might think I'll just do less of what I'm doing now because I've got a smaller tummy and that yeah. might help. Yeah. And then there's others who kind of wax and wane through the whole process. And I think we're all different and I always liken it to, you know, 100 things lead you to being a morbidly obese person. And it's not always just that you like food. There's a lot of underlying drivers that yep. lead us to make these choices and that sort of thing. Do you feel there were learned behaviors or emotional connections to the way that you would eat before you had the surgery? No, I, I wouldn't say so. No emotional connection. Um, yeah. And I was never really a fan of like sweet stuff, lollies, etc. I actually ate quite healthy, but I mean, I'm not the first per big person that eats healthy and is overweight sort of thing as well. So that's right. But um, even my wife, sometimes she would actually eat more than me. Yeah, you know? and she's fascinating? she's little. Like, yeah. and I'm like, how can you eat more than me? I'm big, you know. But she's got those hollow legs. Yeah, and that's yes, right. It's that intervention that is the metabolic surgery that's making yeah. the difference and changing our um, endocrine system to be more supportive of you know hosting a smaller frame, as well. And and from a family perspective, did you find how was the idea of having this intervention? by your extended and your close family? Um, I pretty much didn't tell anyone until I had it. Like obviously my wife and my mother knew um, mm. and my close, a couple of close friends, but they were all very supportive. Yeah, I, you know, without them, I don't know how it would have went, you know. I can't thank them enough for that. But yeah, they were, they were super supportive. That's nice. And even when people found out like other friends, like because obviously, oh, you're losing weight. I'm like, yeah, I had surgery. And they're like, oh, wow, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, oh, I just didn't want to go out and parade it to the whole world hey guys i'm having more surgery you know <laughs> but um yeah everyone's been real supportive you know you get the odd person like oh you're taking the easy way out and it's like well think again buddy because it ain't yeah. the easy way you know but um yeah no i found everyone to be quite supportive on the whole whole yeah. idea that's nice and I think that's a key as well is you yeah. know, surrounding yourself with people who do who are in your corner yeah. and who aren't saying, you know, come on, have that drink or, you know, corrupting you in some Yeah, way look, as well. I used to um like my best mate, we used to have drinks every Friday night. That was the thing. And um, you know, he would still come over but he wouldn't drink. 
Yeah. So, wow. you know, he would come over and like, we'll just hang out, you know? Yeah. So I sort of did stuff like her old, like on a Friday night, if I was sort of like lost, like, oh no, where, what am I going to do? You know, I'm normally drinking with me buddy yeah. and I'll just go down to his house and I'll, I'll grab a kombucha or some sort of drink like that, you know? So you sort of. Yeah, it feels a bit more celebratory. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, we never stopped doing our thing sort of thing just because I'm not drinking sort of thing. So that's that was, great. And I that think that too. supports what your friend what your friendship is based on that's right and it's working through that for some people you've obviously got a, people who are around you that are there for you yep. some people have this network of people that you do certain things with so some people you go and eat with and others you go and drink a lot with yep. and then when something changes you guys seem to have found another way some people don't can't do that And there's this association with, you know, this person and what I do with this person. And when you change it, it can either be awkward or it doesn't gel or it can be that you're supporting each other's bad habits. So it's lovely to see, you know, I think you do find out who's who. And I think that's also part of we see that a lot in our forums is, you know, my friends are not accepting me because I'm not eating out with them or, you know, things have changed and they're judging me because I'm not eating yeah. a meal. And it's like, yep. well, is that what your friendship is based on or is it that you're getting into the communication? And I think we talked a lot about that with the kind of preparation for Christmas is what is Christmas when it's not this fascination with the volume of food and drink we can consume? Yeah. Um, and once the focus is taken off that, who are we underneath that and who are our, what are our relationships really about? So it sounds, you know, you've got some good friends and family supporting you, which is wonderful. And finding that is um, often the challenge if that hasn't existed for some people as well. So yeah, most definitely. I think we work out who's who in the zoo when we change, you know, things and habits yeah. and, and um, those associations. And so what are the some of the most inspiring things you can think of that you've noticed along the way? Inspiring things. As in maybe either people who've kept you motivated or books you've read or information that you've uh, found that's helped to support your way forward. Okay, I haven't read any books. <laughs> You're very lucky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that's a hard one, actually. I, I think you are more the inspirer. You know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. taken it, you've grabbed the bull by the horns and just kind of gotten on with it, whereas a lot of people will kind of, it, it's a drag through and it's a lot to take on and it's a real slug and a journey. But it seems you're one of the few I've spoken to that's like, right, I'm doing this. This is how it's going to be done. This is my next move. And here I am. I've lost 90-odd kilos. There's, so you're going to dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, um, yeah, you're right. I've I've made a few friends that have had surgery around the same time, so like yeah. I keep in contact with them. So that's always good to know. Like you know, we always check in on each other. You know, how you going? Like, how's your weight going? Is it stable? Mm. Are you still losing or? Are you gaining? You know, so that's always handy. That I find that's really good. Yeah, that's um, nice common ground. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that you can follow and. In, be inspired by like that have done amazing as well but yeah i've just i've pretty much just focused on myself to tell you the honest truth um put your head down i think by the sound yeah of head down bum up and yeah. get it done and sorted it must be great role modeling for your kids to see that you know if you're not happy with something and it comes down to it that you just kind of get on board and make those changes what are their do they share their thoughts with you on that sort of thing 
Um, no, nah, they don't really don't really mention anything about it. It's totally honest truth. Um, Taking it all in. I think you know we've taught them from a young age not to like really talk about people's weight. Obviously, I think because I was bigger. And, you know, like I've had little kids look at me and say, oh, he's fat, you know, and it's like, yeah, he is. Thanks, little kid. You know, <laughs> So like I've sort of we've raised our kids not to judge people on that sort of thing, like which yeah. every kid should be brought up not to judge people. But there are a few out there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they haven't really they don't really say much to tell the honest truth. They've said the odd things like, oh, oh you know, they'll like, lay on my stomach and my youngest is like, oh, where's my pillow gone? You know? <laughs> so they say little things like that. But other than that, nothing really. Yeah, that's a compliment. Take it as yeah. a compliment. Yeah, that's right. That's, and it would be very different for them because they've known you in that way. And that's kind of one of the things I remember about my mother is what she felt like. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you sat on her, what it felt like. Yeah. And um, so to have that change for them, it must really be a standout. So, yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah. But I think overall looking, you know, seeing your posts and watching you motivate everybody else and just to be so pragmatic about it all, I think that's a real takeaway. Yeah. Um, and what would you say to anyone who's, you know, thinking about what's the what's next for them if they're thinking about surgery yeah um my advice would just be to research it learn everything you can even research what it's like after you have the surgery and you know what you should eat what you shouldn't eat and you know i've actually learned a lot about nutrition mainly from the group and yourself so that's been awesome an awesome help so just learn as much as you can because I, I don't feel there's enough information given to people who want to have this surgery. It's sort of mm. like I've known a few people that have just gone and got it and then bang, that's it. They leave the hospital and then they may wind up in a Facebook group or, you know, like what now? What do I eat? You know? Yeah. Where I was very lucky, like I had a dietitian, didn't have it for too long. I think it was around six weeks. I think she would have weekly phone calls. Weekly is very good in that early stage too. Yeah, most definitely. But yeah, a lot of people are sort of just, here's your surgery, out the door, see you later. And, you know, it's a major surgery. I think there should be more support, which... Yeah, I think so too. And edu- and I guess that's kind of where our passion and... That's right, is, yeah. ...is that we do see people are a little bit lost sometimes and yeah. it could be straight after surgery. It might be two years later when things are changing and they're feeling hungry again. Yeah. And our goal is to have kind of a provision for every step along the way and also to help to direct people who do need more into more support. Yeah, um, most definitely. To where to go. Are you still getting regular bloods done and taking your BN multi every day? BN multi every day. <laughs> that's that's a given. I don't think I've missed it at all. No, <laughs> surgery. Yeah. Um, but, Made that decision too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> last the last bloods that I had was done pre-COVID, yeah. and I was meant to actually have a, another meeting with my surgeon Gary E. And um, then COVID hit. Mm. I haven't really been wanting to go to the doctors unless it's a dire straight yeah. emergency. <laughs> so I try to steer clear from there. But I am due to have my bloods done. That's for sure. Yeah. Feel fine. So I, everything should be fine. And I think when you're, you know, you're pretty vigilant with food and you're supplementing it's that kind of insurance policy as well that's right yeah deficiency and that sort of thing yeah well i think well done you is what we need to say and um just what a great mindset and a positive outlook i think it's um totally inspiring and just yeah thanks for your your input in the group we can see how many people are always happy to hear from rob dunningham yeah Um, so keep up the good work 
Yeah, most definitely. And like, you know, I don't mind if people have questions and they message me. I get that quite often, you know. But like if people do want to ask a question, just ask me, you know. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, you sort like I said, people go into it lead blind and you know, we just need to get all the information we can. And like even now at nearly two and a half years post op now and I'm still learning stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's not just a journey that lasts twelve months, it's just it's yeah, I assume it's probably lifelong. Um, yeah, I think you're always learning. And I think you're right. There's this understanding of the first 12 months as the focus. And yeah. I, I see also that's when people drop their protein first habits and their portion sizes and their supplementation. And yeah. then about six months after that, they're like, whoa, what, something's not right. That's um, right, yeah. So it's gaining that understanding that the first 12 months is really that kind of setting everything up period yeah portion management supplementation making sure you know how much food you're meant to be eating and what it comprises of and then just repeat eat sleep repeat Um, yeah and it's not something that stops anytime and and it's not even related to the surgery it's maintaining health is exactly that with or without the surgery and i think that's something to remember is that healthy people are healthy and maintain their weight with or without the surgery by daily, you know, looking at what they're eating and making conscious choices. And I think that's interesting. And I have spoken to a few patients who are like, oh, well, you know, it's all right for you. You're not overweight. And it's like, well, I could be because I had a tendency to do that when I was younger, but it's not that we're not overweight because we choose to be. It's we're not overweight because we make different choices um, from a food perspective and a, I guess, a management exercise and healthy lifestyle choices. Yeah. So it's not just a 12 month thing. And it is something that applies to humankind. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Manage yeah. Our health. Yeah. So I, I think it's more that it's a new way of thinking about how we manage ourselves. And perhaps for the first time, we're not taught at school how to manage our bodies, really. We're taught how to do maths and understand you know science to a certain degree and geography but we're not necessarily taught how to eat well and there's more of it now in the curriculum I see with my son coming through school we did see a bit more of that for them but I think it's really interesting that if we want to know a lot about how our bodies work and what comprises a good healthy lifestyle we have to do the research on our own a lot of the time and some people are like oh no i'm too old and i'm like you're never too old to feel great that's right and um make those changes and that sort of thing but it is a constant and i mean i did a degree in it and i still every day learn something and i just think that's mine and that's what keeps me interested is that there's always something else to know about how the body works and the research that's available now on you know starting out new babies with better genetics for good health is incredible so at some in the last hundred years the research and the understanding we have of nutrition has just escalated exponentially so i think it's um we're never going to know everything but knowing something is really powerful as well so keep on reading and searching out for those good opportunities to learn something that's right you can never learn enough no it's um <laughs> it's life's little lesson isn't it that's well, it. thank you for sharing our first episode of 2021 with me. My pleasure. And, um, we're always excited to hear from you in the group, so keep that up. And um, again, thanks for your time. No worries. Rob thank you, Dunningham. Jackie. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.